a future perfection in store for us. When God sees me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the holiness of Jesus placed upon me. And so I am declared holy before a righteous God. Do me a favor, open up your Bibles, though, to Colossians chapter 2. As we've been working through this series, we're actually, on that bookmark, there is that acronym of praise, and we've been working through each of those things. We're now into the why there of praise, the, the yield of, of, of praise. And uh, as we uh, look at this, your forgiveness here and kind of springboard out of that passage. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2 and a little bit in chapter 3 as well. And, and what it means when it says, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors here. If you're taking notes here, point number one, celebrate the forgiveness that you have in Jesus Christ. Celebrate the forgiveness that you have in Jesus Christ. We're going to pick up in verses uh, Colossians 2, kind of look at 13 to 15, but in order to get, uh, we're kind of jumping into the middle of the passage there, and so I thought it'd be good to get a little context of what's going on here, Paul writing to the church in Colossae, and, and, and kind of laying some things out. If you jump back to verse 6 of chapter 2, kind of starts this section, and you see it's, Paul says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And really what we're seeing here is this section is all about, hey, as Christ has done in you and has been working in the change that he's brought about in you, now go walk in him and kind of what that looks like. And so we're going to skip down now to verse 13, kind of where it picks it up there as it relates to kind of what we're looking at here of that of forgiveness. And it says this, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all your trespasses. Stop there for the moment. He says, uh, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, you who were dead because of your sin. Talking about the spiritual death of, of, of how we all are because of the consequence of sin. We're spiritually dead. There's no life. There's no hope. We are apart from a holy God. You who are dead in your trespasses, in your sins, and the wrongs that, that, that you and I have all committed. We've broken the rules the, the violations, the wages of sin is death, Romans says, it, that, that it separates us from a holy God. The things in which we've done, the things in which we've thought, the things in which we should have done but we didn't do, the omission and commission and all that goes into our sin problem, the sin nature that is within us. We were dead because of our trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. The, the, the act of circumcision was, was that, it was that symbol in the Jewish community of the, of the promise of the covenant that God made with his people. And for us, missing that, 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 that hope, that promise, that covenant that was there, that was the condition that we were, everybody say were, were, apart from Jesus Christ, but, 
God made alive together in him. Amen? We were dead and God made us alive. God breathed that spiritual life back into us, that, that, that spiritual CPR that took place. That moment when we admitted that we were a sinner, believed that Jesus died and rose again, he's alive and confessed him as Lord, said you are in charge of my life and the life that then is breathed in us. When, the, when that which is dead comes alive. Everybody say it's a miracle. It's a miracle. That doesn't happen apart from God's work in us and God performing that miracle there. God has made alive in the verse before, it, uh, that's that same word where it talks about he raised to life in Christ, it's that idea of energizing. He breathes into life. God has made alive together with him, having forgiven us our trespasses. Having forgiven us of our junk, of our sin, of the rottenness in all of us. And we are free because we are forgiven. Amen? Having forgiven us our trespass. He's released that debt. He's, he's released that debt and he's done that because he paid the price for that debt. He paid for that debt. Verse 14 goes on. He says, uh, in the 13, having forgiven us our trespasses, uh, 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He canceled that debt, that, that bill that, that came, that, that we all owed, that Romans says the wage, the bill that we owed was death. That's what we owed because of our sin. And he puts across that canceled. He puts across that, it says paid in big red letters across there. It has been paid. The bill's been paid. And we don't have to, to worry about that any longer. It says that the legal obligation for that was met. It says he set it aside and literally he took that bill and he went to the cross and he nailed that up to the cross. When Jesus died, he paid the debt for us. And we can be forgiven because of it. Verse 15, he continues on. He says, he disarms the, the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. It says he disarms the rulers and the authorities. When we see that rulers and authorities, he's not talking about earthly rulers and authorities. He's talking about Satan and the demon realm. And he's saying he disarms them. He takes away their weapons. Satan tempted Jesus when he was on earth. Satan thought he had received the victory when Jesus went to the cross. Little did he know that it was actually the beginning of the end for him. Amen? He took away the weapons when he rose again on the third day. 
And he's alive today. And it says he disarms them. He puts them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. He's saying there is now the celebration and the triumph that takes place. And I think of this phrase. I was thinking about this here yesterday. This is kind of like, think back to maybe some movies that you've seen where you've seen an old ancient Rome and the conquering army comes back in to the city and they have this massive parade and you see the the generals out in front on that white horse just prancing along and the legions of of, of troops all marching in line afterwards and the fanfare and the celebration. That is what Jesus has done and the celebration that we can have because of the victory that he brings. The forgiveness of sin that we have because Jesus paid for that sin. You know, uh, uh, my wife and I, uh, uh, we generally, uh, around our anniversary, we, we try to uh, at least to go out to dinner for our anniversary. Sometimes we even make it on the day of our anniversary. Sometimes not so much. And, but... Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we were having dinner. It actually was the night of our anniversary, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure it was actually, it was like right coming through all the COVID stuff and, and that, so things were, had just opened back up, and we were uh, supposed to actually, uh, uh, we were going to take a trip uh, for our anniversary, um, and uh, we were going to go to Ireland, and then actually then an Israel trip was planned, so we like switched it and said we were going to go to Israel, and then COVID happened, the world shut down, and so we went to dinner and went out and bought a carpet cleaner for our anniversary. <coughs> <sighs> Come a long ways. But we, we were sitting at dinner, and it was a nicer restaurant kind of in this area, and, and not, not a cheap meal by any means, and, and one of the things we like to do a lot of times is we're kind of talking and is just we'll give my phone to the... Uh, to, to the waitress and she'll snap a picture of us and we kind of mark the event there. And, uh, and so, you know, we'd been talking to the waitress. Sure, she took a picture of us and, and we just had a good evening. It was, it was a nice time and uh, got done and, and we were done with our meal and kind of done talking, kind of had everything else to go on to and, and the bill didn't come. And we're... Still kind of waiting. And finally, I was able to kind of flag the, the uh, waitress and said, hey, we're, we're ready. We, we could have our bill. That'd be great. And she said, no, it's okay. It's been taken care of. You know, the first thing you do is kind of looking around and, you know, the seats, it's a nice restaurant. So you're sitting on top of each other. You know, it's all around. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I said, well, I mean, at least let, let me get the tip then at least. No, no, no. It's all been taken care of. They took care of that. Happy anniversary. And uh, we thought, my goodness. And we were like looking around. We knew nobody that we recognized in the, in the restaurant. We're like, did, did you see? No, I didn't know. I have no idea, even to this day, who paid for meal. It, it, was, it was kind of a cool gesture, and it was, it was super, super nice. We were so appreciative of that. We had eaten a meal. We owed the debt of that meal. And someone else paid that debt. Does that sound familiar? It's exactly what Jesus said. Only it's nice when you get a nice meal. How much more? The debt of our sin and the guarantee of an eternity with God in heaven.
That's what he's done for us. He paid a debt we could never pay on our own. So let me ask you this. Do you know that forgiveness? Do you know that forgiveness? Have you admitted that you're a sinner, believed that Jesus rose again from the dead? Have you, have you said, Lord, you're in charge, confessed him as Lord? If you've never done that, today is the day for freedom, for forgiveness. The day is the day. Turn your life over. Say, I'm going to slide out of the driver's seat, into the passenger seat. Lord, I'm going to let you drive my life. You're in charge moving forward. Do this today. And if you have done that, then you know what it is to be forgiven. Amen? And so the celebration that we can have daily should be unhooked off the charts as we reflect of all that he's forgiven us. Point number two, love and forgive your God, uh, love and forgive as your God does. Love and forgive as your God does. We're going to turn the page here, at least in my Bible, and, and go to Colossians chapter 3 to the next chapter over as we're continuing on in there to verse 12 and 13 here for this point and kind of continues on as it relates to, to forgiveness. So Colossians 3.12 says this, put on then as God's chosen, holy, or chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if each one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. He says, so put on, as God's chosen people, put on. The idea there is, is, is for a wardrobe change here. It's time to put these things on you, clothe yourself in these things, is, is, is what Paul's saying. These are the things when people look at you and they look at what the, it is on the outside here, this is the clothing that you need to be wearing. This is what it should look like. It says, put on then, who is he talking to? As God's chosen ones, those that, uh, that, this is what God did in the past as he selected us in the midst of our sin and that's God's choosing of us in the past. And so he's talking about the saved. Everybody say saved. Yeah, he's talking about believers. He said, God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Holy. We were dead in our sin, but he made us alive. He's cleaning us up. And we have a, 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 a future perfection in store for us. When God sees me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the holiness of Jesus placed upon me. And so I am declared holy before a righteous God, even though he's still working with me to clean it up here on earth. Holy and beloved. Do you know how much your God loves you? How much he loves us. 
willing to sacrifice to die for us? You know, I think about this, I, I, I think about uh, my own children and my own grandchildren, and the more grandchildren I got, the more I just get a little bit of a glimpse of how much God must love us. Me being a sinful, imperfect, selfish person, and if I love my family how much, that much, how much more does God, our creator, love us? Your God loves you. He cares for you. While we go through the ups and downs of life, while we go through the moments of, of pain and difficulties, it's purposeful. He's doing a work, and he's right there with us. Sometimes he takes us around the hardship, and, and many times he takes us through the hardship, but he says, I'm right here with you, and it's just for a season, and then you're going to spend eternity with me. And you're gonna know what it's like to not have any more pain or suffering at all. God loves you. You chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself, put on these things, a compassionate heart to, to feel others' pain. It's kind of the idea there. Kindness, put on kindness, giving to others, giving of your time, your resources, your words, graciousness there, the kindness takes place. And then he says, and put on humility. Humility is, is that lowly attitude before God. It says, Lord God, you are number one and I'm number two. You're, you're, you take preeminence. Humility. Meekness. Meekness is kind of then that lowly attitude towards others kind of the idea of, of, of willing to, to suffer so others don't have to. In those moments of meekness is, is, is saying, and, and your needs, your wants, are, I'm gonna put over mine. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Patience, willing to endure injury or insult. Not being quick to anger. Kind of the idea there of, of patience. And then first, verse 14, he continues, he says, bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. You know, when they annoy you, and yet you handle it well. When it might even be a little bit of an, of an insult, there's a little bit of a sting to what is said or done, and yet you still handle it well, lovingly, graciously, patiently. When Tim was taken off, he sent uh, over uh, notes, his notes here for this passage and kind of looked at those as well. And, and one of the things, this is a direct quote out of his notes here for bearing with one another, enjoying their uniqueness. Now that's very gracious. <laughs> Bearing with one another, enjoying their uniqueness. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. And if one has a complaint, when something comes up there and when there's an offense of some sort, a complaint against another, of uh, uh, forgiving each other. 
If they sin against you, it's, 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 it's embracing an apology that's taking place, keeping a, a, a short list of, of who's on, in the, on the outs against you. And who's done what to you? It's, it's, it's dealing with those things, accepting those apologies, offering those apologies. If you were the one that, that maybe committed the offense, it's, it's, it's refusing, uh, I'm sorry, uh, so often it seems as if refusing to forgive, and sometimes then it's, it just, it feels empowering, doesn't it? When you, when you hang on, it feels like it's a way that you can still keep control over that, and yet, what it's actually doing is actually crippling us in the process. It's what that bitterness does within us. So how does forgiveness work? Well, forgiveness works like this. It starts when, 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 when you are the offending person. When you're the offending person, it starts with an apology. What does an apology look like? An apology looks like this, number one. It looks like, I'm sorry for blank. Fill it in, what it is that you have done. I'm sorry for blank and how it hurt you. Now let me say this. When there's an offense, it's important that the offending party knows what it is that they've done to offend, okay? It's, it's okay to say, hey, this, ouch, this hurt. You said you did, and explaining that. They need to know they're not mind readers. So when, the, when someone says, oh, I'm sorry, are, are you upset about something? Oh, yes, I am. Well, what did I do? Oh, you know. <laughs> Some of us are absolutely clueless at times, <laughs> Right? No, you, you got to share, what, what is it that I've done? And then the apology says, I'm sorry for, with some detail of what that was. And not only that, we like, I like to add on, and how it hurt you. Because sometimes you look at that and you're like, what? What's the big deal? That's no big deal, it wouldn't have bothered me, but it did them. And it's acknowledging that it, it, it brought pain. It was hurtful to them. I'm sorry for blank and how it hurt you. And then number two, then it's asking the question, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And then, then it flips to the other side of this relationship here, and it says, so what does forgiveness look like? So forgiveness is, I will forgive you. I will take this, I will set it down, this offense that was done to me. I, I'm gonna release it, right? That's what, that's what Christ does with us. I'm gonna set it down. And I'm not going to, number two, I'm not gonna hold it against you or punish you. I'm not gonna hold it against you or punish you. I'm sorry for what it was I did and how it hurt you. Will you forgive me? Yes, I will forgive you. I like to just, I visualize sometimes, I'm setting it down. And when that bitterness starts to come up and I start to pick it back up, but nope, it's already been dealt with. I'm setting it down, I'm not gonna hold against or punish. This passage says we are to forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. As the Lord 
has forgiven you, so you also might want to think about forgiving. Is that what it says? So you must also forgive. We have wronged God so far beyond what we imagine so often. You know, we have a tendency, don't we? Give, we like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, I know I did, but oh, you got to know what all was going on. And, right? And we start to diminish, diminish, diminish. Man, when we're open and honest before God, we know what offense we have before him. He's saying, how then can we then hold other offenses against somebody else? When we understand how forgiven we are, it should make it easy to forgive. You know, there's a story told about a king. Most of you probably heard this. And there was a king, and he had quite the the kingdom and the realm, and he had many managers and workers for him, and he had one manager in particular that was handling a lot of the investments and a lot of the the, the, the resources and money in his kingdom and he'd made multiple investments and it had been one poor investment after another and the debt started to, to, to rise up and the more that he started losing money, the king's money, not even his own money, but he started losing that money, he would take more and try to salvage that, started making investments on top of that to try to get that money back before his boss, the king, found out. Finally, it came that day and he comes to the servant and he says, hey, where's where manager, where's, where's my money that you were to invest? And, and he says, I, I've lost it all, and here's actually, here is the, the debt that I owe, and this debt was a fortune. Couldn't, he couldn't possibly, he would never make enough money in his life to be able to pay off the debt that he had squandered of the king's money. And the king says, I left this to you, where's my money? And he says, please forgive me. Just, just be patient with me. Give me more time and, and I'm gonna work really hard and try to get this money back. But, but I, I, I just, I, I need time. And the king says, it's okay. You're forgiven. And, and he let him go and he released him of that debt that he owed. Well, that guy leaves there and he goes out and he actually... He was a money guy and stuff, and he had a number of different rental properties, and he had one person that, that was renting from him, and he goes to them, and they were actually uh, in the rears by three months. They were owed three months rent, back rent, and he goes and he knocks on the door, and he says, hey, where's the rent money that you owe me over the last three months? And, and, and the guy says, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't have the money, and he pushes the guy up against the door. He says, where's my money? I want my money now. And the guy says, please, just be patient with me. I, I, I'm going to work it off. I'm going to get you back your money. And he says, it's too late. And he took the man and had him thrown in jail and says, you're going to be in jail until, until this debt is paid. Well, some of the other people, their managers around there saw and heard what had taken place and they went back to the king and they said, hey, did you know what this manager did? And they filled him in those details. So he calls him back up and he says to this manager, he says, what are you doing? I forgave you of this fortune that you owed me and you couldn't even be patient and forgive this man of this debt over here. You wicked man. And he had him thrown into jail until he could pay off his debt, which he could not 
pay off. That's what Jesus says is what we do when we don't forgive others. It's straight from Matthew 18, the parable that Jesus told. And he says, look, if you've been forgiven, then it's time to be forgiving to others. Amen? So let me ask you this. Who do you need maybe this week to be bearing with? Being a little more patient, extending some grace. Who is it in your life that this week you need to bear with? Let me ask you this. Who might you need to be forgiving this week? Think about it, really. Just take a moment. Is there anybody here that you've been hanging on to this? Maybe they don't know. Maybe there needs to be an, an, an interaction and just saying, hey, I, you know, this, this, there was a hurt. And maybe making them aware of it. Maybe that's taking place. Maybe there was an apology. And yet, you just haven't been able to release that. What needs to be forgiven this week? Let's pray. 